Hey, Pablo, happy birthday to you. But you're still a nerd. I hope you don't get stuff in a locker. You're still a nerd. Thank you for joining us for the end of another highly questionable week. My father has been threatening us, saying he's got a surprise for us later in the show. We don't know what he's talking about. This is Izzy Gutierrez. What do you like on the show today? We're going to get to that tattooed Philly fan, are we not? I don't know. Dale, papi. Did last night restore your faith in Carson Wentz? Can I have my faith restored in the entirety of the Philadelphia Eagles? Because clawing in what felt like the saving of their season. This guy told you yesterday, it felt a little must win. On defense, they did all the things they had to. And Carson Wentz did just enough under difficult circumstances. This league is really tough. They just lost at home to Detroit. They go on the road one and two, and they're injured all over the place. And their quarterback and their defense did just enough to survive. I have got to be super impressed with Doug Peterson and with Carson Wentz. You're talking about, like you said, a musty type of game. Felt like they had to win that one. And they go into Green Bay, and they don't really throw the ball much. They trust their running game, which hasn't really been great. They trust their defense, and they got pressure on Aaron Rodgers, some, especially late in the game, which they hadn't been doing. I have faith, as Dan does, in the Philadelphia Eagles being a complete team, something they haven't showed us. There were a lot of signs that those first three games were troubling. This is the best sign possible. Not sure how great Green Bay is, but going on the road when you absolutely need it, man, that was impressive. Oh, Nick Foles, he would have won by at least a touchdown. I mean, he's got a signature win now, Wentz. That team won a Super Bowl, but Wentz didn't have a signature win before this one. Who is more to blame for the game-ending interception? Aaron Rodgers, Matt LeFleur, or the officials? Okay, they didn't score from the one-yard line with four passes. You never see that happen. That's a decent place to put blame on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know this interception, though, is a place that you could put the blame on him, given that he hit this guy, his receiver, one of these stiffs that betrayed him. He hit him right in the chest. That's so mean. He, he hit him in the shoulder. Why am I going to blame Aaron Rodgers for that? Just stabbing him in the heart. I actually can blame Aaron Rodgers for that. I saw a stat that said the probability of completing a pass to any of the receivers on the field, that guy was the lowest probability. This offense has somehow made Aaron Rodgers look good at times, but ridiculous frustrated all of the other times. Somehow, he threw for 411 yards and never really looked comfortable in that game. I'm not sure if that offense is any good yet. I'm not even at home. You throw for 411 yards, you give up only 160 yards passing to Carson Wentz, and you still lose, and you get a defensive touchdown. There's a lot of confusing things about this Green Bay team. It's sort of masked by the 3-1 and record. How about what's happening, though, between LaFleur and Rodgers? When they play the way LaFleur wants, they're 3-0. and They're not throwing the ball deep down the field. When you finally get an Aaron Rodgers game, what happens at the end? You're throwing the ball four times. You're getting four incompletions. And then when they ask LaFleur, who comes from a running background in Tennessee, about why didn't you run the ball even once there, his answer is, Great question. You see what he's doing there? They just asked him, hey, why did you trust one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen four times from the one-yard line? And LaFleur said, great question. Show it again. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, this, again. This Show it again. This damn play. You got to look, Dan. You got to watch. <laughs> it was a great play <laughs> by Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins. 
Dickens made a great read there. In the that improvising. has never happened before. Let him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> what was your big takeaway from Nets Media Day? Both of the new guys talked. We'll start with Kevin Durant. He didn't give a whole lot of thought to free agency. He confirms these reports that he made a bit of a whimsical decision with some YouTube research. Listen to this. Um, I was doing a lot of YouTube research on like Kenny Atkinson and watching the interviews and see how he talked after games and stuff. And I really liked his approach to his craft as a coach. And um, that's what drew me in pretty quickly. Um, I didn't really do too much research on on other coaches, so I guess I, I guess he always had the leg up. Um, but you know, once I started to get comfortable with how he you know approaches his craft, it's, it started to make me feel at ease. Even though I never even had a conversation with him, I could just see it through YouTube and through the clips that that he was uh, pretty genuine about the game. So that's the flippant, silly side of free agency. But here's Kyrie Irving going more somber, more pensive, talking about the death of his grandfather and how it made him a bad teammate in Boston last year. So you tell me if you would want to go to work every single day, knowing that you just lost somebody close to you, doing a job every single day that everyone from the outside or anyone internally is protecting you for. Like, hey, just keep being a basketball player. So throughout that year, it just became rocky and a lot of the battles that I thought I could battle through in the team environment, I just wasn't ready for. And I failed those guys in a sense that I didn't give them everything that I could have during that season, especially with the amount of pieces that we had. So my relationships with them personally were great. But in terms of me being a leader in that environment and bringing everyone together, I failed. There were a couple other things that Kyrie Irving said that was really intriguing to me. One, on that subject, of, it seems like he's still going to try to do too much as a leader. He said there will be no pressure on Kevin Durant to come back. I won't allow that. It's not up to you, Kyrie. The second there's any inkling or any word that he might be ready, that's going to take on a life of its own. And then he went on to talk about how KD wasn't ready the last time and was put there to protect the product that came before the person KD, meaning the Warriors were asking KD to come save them. It just goes to show you how disconnected, how truly disconnected that team was, in large part because KD wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't allow himself to feel a part of them, and then he goes to a different team and says, hey, I was never one of those guys. It's really interesting, though, because if you look at the narrative, if he just would have gone out and not got hurt, if he would have won, he would have been woven into that warrior storyline fabric for the rest of his life. He would have been an absolute superhero and probably stayed. This is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving kind of playing the results. But both of these guys, though, the happiness or unhappiness in question is what has led to them being somewhere else. That mental health that Adam Silver was talking about, that he's got a lot of sad players in his league. You see right now that these two guys are looking for a fresh start, excited about a fresh start, and so excited that even though you can't believe much of anything you've heard from Kyrie Irving in the past, this sounded like genuine growth. This sounded like genuine vulnerability. So I don't know if it lasts beyond this press conference. I don't know if it can survive a bunch of losses, but at the very least, it sounded different than Kyrie Irving has sounded. I give them three months. <laughs> yeah, that, he, we could have just said it that way, right? He talked and I talked and I talked some more and I talked too much. We could have just done it that way. Fixed it. Was it Bush League for the Rangers to drop a pop-up so Mike Miner could get his 200th strikeout? What kind of league? 
Bush League. Yes, Bush League is what <laughs> we were right. going for. That's right. uh, Mike Miner is a pitcher for the Rangers. This is a bogus game that doesn't mean anything to anyone, and he's the only person on earth who cares whether he gets to 200 strikeouts or not. So he's thrown 120-some-odd pitches, and look at what happens here. You've got a pop-up, and he is shouting at his first baseman that he needs him to drop it. Just drop the ball so that I could get my 200 strikeout. And uh, his manager said that he doesn't like baseball played that way and that he would have taken him out after the next hitter if he hadn't struck out the next hitter but didn't bother to punish either his first baseman or his pitcher after they had done that. I understand what else is there to play for in that game. If those guys want to fool around with the results, it's the, it's basically a spring training game. This is such a baseball story because the Rangers believed that the Red Sox were actively working to get him to not reach that strikeout record by swinging at first pitches. They decided that that's what the Red Sox were doing, so that's why he said, hey, let's get them back and make sure we get that strikeout by dropping the pop foul. In what other sport do you actively try to get the opponent this way to not get a record? I mean, you had Brett Favre laying down uh, to get the sack record for, for Michael Strahan. Strahan there. So I just don't get it. It's such a baseball story. Is it Bush League? Well, it depends. Which one came first, the Red Sox actions or the Rangers actions? I say the Red Sox actions are pretty Bush League. Remember the season that you had 200 strikeouts in the Little League? Eh? Don't you remember that? Here we go. Yeah, I did. I did. Here we go. 200 strikeout. That's a hitter. Yeah. That's right. That's a hitter. You didn't see that coming, did you? You didn't see that coming. No. It was a long season. Coming up next on my Souls TV show. And it's going to spray. This is so stupid. It's not going to come out. It's not going to come out. You idiot. You. Oh. 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 My Souls TV show is brought to you by Wendy's Spicy Nuggets here for a limited time at participating restaurants. Wendy's, we got you. Time to play the game that just wants to remind Dan that Aaron Rodgers lost last night. In your face, Dan, do your question. That sounds like good parenting. You give us topics and events and we question them. In your face. Do you question the growing new look? All right, LeBron is his name. My father is still calling him LeGroin, even though that injury healed a real long time ago. We showed you recently that his hair has improved rather suddenly. He was giving a lot of credit to his barber. <laughs> what do we have here? Yo, my hair growing like crazy right now, people. <laughs> I'm telling you. You see that? Yeah, I see that. It's growing crazy. I told, I told you I was going to have braids this year. Y'all think I was... Y'all thought I was... Z. Z. Daddy gonna have hair just like you, ain't it? See, she getting her braids done already. Right. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm next. Babe, you got me next? I need all this braided up. Babe. Babe. I need all that. I need all that. Who do you think inspired me, Dan? I am going to have braids this season as well. I'm be calling you Bay to come braid my hair. Actually, that is the actual inspiration. By the end of 2020, I will have braids in my hair, Dan. Are you? You're I actually promise. going that. I promise. You're going for that. I wish that LeBron James would play a basketball game like that. That's not as funny as I would enjoy LeBron James actually. Can he? Is he allowed? Are you allowed to wear a wig and costumes according to the uniform rule? Hey, LeBron, be careful when you eat corn now. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand that. But yes, uh, yeah, that can happen to you if you're yeah. eating corn. But Off a uh, drill. my father left part of it out. It's not just eating corn that will ever do that to you. It's eating corn on a machine that will tear your hair out. Do you question this mid-game snack? Mark Letestu plays for the Jets, Poppy. He plays for the Jets in hockey, not in football. My father's a big fan of mid-game snacks. What do we have here in the mid-game snack section? Oh, Ew. it's just a mustard packet. Straight mustard. Oh, my God. Straight mustard. Who does that? At least follow it with a mayonnaise packet or something. Oh, who does that? Uh, I feel like... <laughs> look at him, though. Look at his eyes. His what eyes are that? crazy. That guy should be snorting that mustard. <laughs> and that concludes our hockey coverage for the week. <laughs> for the entire <laughs> season. What do you mean, That's the right. week? It for the entire get better season. Than that. We're not going to talk about hockey again. Do you question what he thought was going to happen? Okay, this is a bit open-ended. I don't know if there's any sports involved in this clip at all. If we're going to a highway stay in still, Russia. Kadir, stay still. Uh, stay still, man. What's wrong with you? It's a firecracker. Oh, it's a bottle rocket. It's a bottle rocket in his bottom. And it's going to spray. This is so stupid. You're, it's not going to come out. It's not going to come out. You idiot. You. Oh. 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 Oh, everyone is laughing, and that feels horrible. Haven't we seen something like this before? I feel like we've seen it several times around here. If you watch this show, you wouldn't do this, because we keep warning you. Hey. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, my God. It's so great that the screaming sound of terror is louder than even the explosion. We have also seen it on the front. Oh, we have no. seen it That's on the right. front. Yes, we have. This uh, guy oh, yeah, this guy did this and then was surprised by the result with a firecracker right here. Here it is. Oh, yes. He's surprised that that hurt. Do you question if this was avoidable? Okay, we're going to follow a car's movement here or non-movement to see if this car could have avoided what is presented. You're going to drive straight into the pole? <laughs> I mean... That was probably avoidable, yeah. That was entirely unavoidable. Dan, yes. there's a giant pole there. What do you mean? <laughs> he went straight at it. Look at him. He's saying to himself, when did that sprout there? How quickly did that happen? When I was driving, it wasn't there, and then it just sprouted out of the ground. He said one tweet, all of a sudden a pole shows up. Sometimes it happens to people. Old people. Oh no! This is this a young is not an old person. Oh. <laughs> Never really ready for that, even in slow motion. <laughs> sound is just <laughs> shadow of the cameraman. <laughs> Highly questionable. This broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. Time to play the game that is the Logan Roy of this show. See. Oh, no. Bleep off. You tell us what to watch on television tonight. We'll tell you if we're intrigued. Sunday on Fox, Washington and the Giants. Yeah, everybody has done whatever they want to the Washington defense. Washington's banged up all over. But, of course, you want to check in with Daniel Jones to see if he could recreate the performance of a week ago. But let's see on defense the Giants here. This was ruled an incompletion, but Ogletree grabs it and heads down. This is incomplete. They're, they're, they shouldn't be doing anything. You're wasting your breath. Everyone's wasting your breath. 
Uh, and then, boom. <laughs> there it is. He trips uh, He trips him. He didn't want to keep running. He was tired at that oh, point. Man. And he pulled his hamstring <laughs> as an added bonus. Again, the ball was incomplete as soon as it left Jameis Winston's hand. And many of them are. Izzy, are you intrigued? It's possible Daniel Jones will never be more appealing than he is this week after that performance last week. No Saquon Barkley. Going to watch the Washington team on the other side. And yet I still want to watch Danny Dimes. Poppy, are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued. Listen, everybody got to watch uh, Eli Manning. I think that he's going to put some stuff in the Gatorade that Danny Honest is going to drink. I'm telling you. You don't know. That's right. That's right. He wants to get back out there. Watch that guy. You watch him. You watch that sneaky Manning. Saturday on the Big Ten Network, Rutgers in Michigan. Ah, Rutgers has been bad for a century. They were good one year with Greg (laughs) Schiano using uh, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini to recruit players for him. Uh, Gandolfini's dead. Schiano's (laughs) career is dead. But Rutgers football lives on this way. Even when the good stuff happens at Rutgers. And this is good against Boston College last week. Look at this. A big play. This is going to lead to a lot of enthusiasm from Rutgers. Let's celebrate this with our offensive linemen who punch us right in the face. Unbelievably hard. Uh, You idiot, we're Rutgers. Don't score touchdowns. That's not what we do here. Izzy, are you intrigued? Um, As much as I am intrigued by the storyline of Jim Harbaugh possibly being on the hot seat and against a 1-2 and Rutgers team, they could lose to anybody. I still don't want to put myself through it. Poppy, are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued. I mean, Rutgers is for real. You see that run by that uh, Rutgers play? I'm telling you, you haven't seen anything against Michigan yet. It's going to be an avalanche of runs like that. An avalanche of runs like that. One after the other. One One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Six, seven, just five. Like me, when I had too many fajitas, an avalanche of rums. One after the other. Okay, that's enough. That's actually a better symbol for Rutgers football, (laughs) all things told. On Root Sports Northwest, Athletics and Mariners. The A's are good. The A's are playing meaningful baseball. But let's check in with a sad story in Seattle. you got to be careful about giving those power arm big contracts. This is it for Felix Hernandez. He has been great for them for a long time. And then injuries busted up his body. And uh, he deserves all of that ovation. He is sad. He is emotional. Uh, played for one city. And was a meteor that uh, went across the sky there for a while. They cared enough to fill that place because he was pitching that game. They have an emotional attachment to him. Izzy, are you intrigued? I I love that so much. There's no way that Felix could have felt the same joy that he's provided for fans for all those years. That's the closest thing. It was such a symbiotic relationship, obviously, between fans and the players. And that right there was all of it coming together at the end. It was just so emotional. It was hard not to watch that and absolutely love it. How about you, Gonzo? Are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued. His ERA this season is 6.5. ERA, 6.5. Okay, just in case you got lost in the syrupy emotion of tears, just a reminder from my father, there's a very good reason he's done. Tonight on NBC Sports, Philadelphia, Marlins and Phillies. Uh, He said it with a lot of enthusiasm. This is ridiculous. Why would anybody watch this? But let's check in with a big Phillies fan who was at Lambeau Field last night watching the Eagles play. Oh, my God. Yes, there it is. Yes, ladies, there is some sensuality in that snout, possibly an apple and some lint as well. 
Uh, that is substantive. That is a substantive belly button that that man has. It is a uh, tattoo that is extreme. Izzy, are you intrigued? It is a substantive love for Philadelphia. That man has a carton of Arctic Splash iced tea from Wawa, which is super popular in Philadelphia, tattooed on his belly. That is some inside stuff. That nobody loves Philly like that guy does. Poppy, are you intrigued? Oh, see, see, I'm very intrigued, but he's not the only one. Oh, no. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, he's not the only one. There you have it. What is that? That's right. That's the Chupacabra. It's not on his navel, though. No. It's just above his navel. That's right. All very disturbing. When did you get that? That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for watching. Chupacabra. <laughs> Your mom loves it. <laughs>